The following program is intended for mature audiences. You're listening to Bottom Shelf Recording Talk. Sounds boring. Oh my, yeah. With your hosts, James Seabrook. Okay, you were paying attention, but the idea is clear in my head, but translating it into English is not. That's brutal. I understand the hypocrisy. And Joey Roach. I don't even know what you do. I was just told you were the man. Some people would say I'm overconfident. That could be my ego talking, though. I'm trying to think of the right word. Oh. Yeah. Must be a tough word. Next subject. Uh, you're bored with this one? You don't hear us gassing on about it. Give you in the horn. I don't think it means what you think it means. By the way, you know, when you're when you're telling these little stories, you have a big mouth. Here's a good idea. What are you even talking about? Have a point. Why are you airing personal matters with complete strangers? It makes it so much more interesting for the listener. One of the things that came to a head this week. I, I'm mixing a uh, mixing a I don't even know what to call it. It's like a mid 2000s um, kind of rock alternative um, yelly meets singing kind of okay it, it, it's it's this really cool aggressive kind of progressive um, we're only three songs in um, and they're still they're still in the process of writing out the rest of the album um, okay but I finally got around to I finally got around to mixing them this week um, and they turned out fantastic happy with how they turned out and i don't specifically intend to talk about them but it exposed something that made me miss the 160 cell uh-huh. that is out for repair <laughs> um that they still have no idea on timeline when i'm gonna see it back or when they'll even have a diagnosis for me uh, um, so they're just waiting till they have time to Check it out. Yeah. Specifically missed about it is the, um, the stereo or dual mono capabilities. Cause hmm. what, cause I'm, I'm, I'm left with VCA compressors that are uh, IGS S type, um, compressors. They're the right. S- SSL clone, right? Um, I have two of them in the rack and I'd love them both. They're both fantastic, but they're fixed stereo or single mono. Right. And I really, really wanted to turn my dual, dual mono. mono. Yeah. So I was, I was somewhat sad about that. <laughs> that being said, uh, I instead used them. Um, I had this uh, choral section in two of them. Um, one was four voices and one was nine voices. And, um, and instead of, instead of even attempting to try to um, compress each vocal, all of that, what I did was I just, I just um, uh, summed them through the console out to, uh, out to a, uh, out to one of the stereo compressors into the other stereo and then, um, and then, uh, Oh, and then I ran them through the Nevi, uh, the, the the API EQ, the stereo EQ. Okay. Yeah, and it, it turned out fantastic. Like it sounded great. Added some, added some, and it was gorgeous. Yeah. But would I like to have those extra two? Yeah. Yeah. 
Um, so how was your week? Uh, it's just all right. Yeah. What have you been doing that it's just all right? Um, Folkfest crap. Oh, Folkfest rental stuff? Yeah. yeah. Like, Sunday I had to give them emergency stuff twice. First time I had to give them a, um, a snare. And then I also had to give them tubes for one of the amps that just decided to stop working. Oh, shitty. Um, as well as for drummers, I guess. <laughs> I don't know. I'm assuming drummers, but who knows? Mm-hmm. Uh, and then later on in the day, I had to restring a, a, a precision bass with flat wounds. At the Folk Fest? Or you were just at your shop? Um, on Sunday, I worked, and like the guys at Folk Fest came by and grabbed some additional stuff on top of the like. Right. I think they have twenty five thousand dollars worth of equipment from us. Yeah, that sounds about right. Yeah, and 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 that's on top of like it's it's still All Star running the. Yeah, it's still All Star, but they get backline from mm. from everywhere really. Word a, a big line. chunk of the back line though. Yeah. Um, cool. but I think even K and M or whatever that company's called. I I, I um Oh from the one from Calgary. Yeah. Yeah. No one I, I don't know. There's another back production company that also helps with backline. Usually with stuff that we can't get. Right. But they charge more than us, so most people go to us for backline. Mm-hmm cheap and local mm-hmm. yeah or economical and local i mean production companies care more about the fact that we charge less yeah yeah than local right everybody uh, coaster. coaster yeah um but yeah I, I did that and then after work i, I went to the folk fest because i was given some tickets to go nice um so got in there sunday night and Shitty mud. Oh, I suppose, yeah. I don't have like mud shoes <laughs> that would be good for that environment. So I I have a, a pair of shoes at home that are just caked in mud that need to be thrown in the wash or something. Yeah. And <laughs> luckily I have like other shoes, but you know what? I didn't even think of Folk Fest that way this weekend. Um uh, it wasn't that bad. It was just Sunday where it was oh, really? really bad. Did it not? It rained oh, Saturday, I guess it, but it Saturday rained. was like a drizzle of a rain. Gotcha. Okay. So it, it wasn't super muddy. And whereas Sunday, Sunday it was, was just the continuing rain. rain, but it was like all day around nine o'clock. It kind of stopped and then it started yeah. up again at like 10. Okay. So, you know, the high traffic areas was just a pool of mud. Yeah. You could probably have like mud wrestling contests. <laughs> Except cold. Well, mud's cold all the time. Not all the time. Yeah, whatever. I didn't find it up <laughs> that bad. I I was enjoying the the cold weather, in right. fact, especially since degree days just before. Yeah, it was a nice change, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, we, so yeah, that's basically all I did was just focus on Folk Fest. 
tweeting then I've been trying to write songs, but I don't know. I don't like anything that's coming out. That's fair. I like some ideas, but a lick is not going to help me write a song. <laughs> but the more you spit out, the yeah. more ideas, right? Yeah. It's It's been the nice part. Is like I have been coming out with some little ideas, but not like part Right. Which is what I'm trying to do. I'm right now I would just like to get one part. Hmm. Even if it's only like a ten second part. <laughs> that, that's a lot better than like these three notes played like this. I wonder what I could do with that. Like there's a lot of that going on. Oh yeah. Where I have a couple weird note ideas that I need to experiment with. And I've been trying to experiment with them, but Nothing's been. St- That's fair. Yeah. Um, Probably doesn't help that everything that every idea I have like fits in odd meters and stuff like that. <laughs> I've recently even had an idea because I've never tried it before. What if I did quintuplets in compound time? I don't even know what that means. Quintuplets would be uh, like a five note, five note division. Yeah, and then compound time uh, is just a meter that feels like tripleted, kind of. But it, it feels tripleted, but it's not. Well, you you count pulses mostly. Oh, so it's and like each one, pulse, two, three, one, two, it, three, one, yeah. two, three, one, two, three, one, two. Gotcha. Um. But, like, those pulses can still be odd because they could be, like, five pulses. But the actual like one, two, beat three, is eight notes. One, two, three, four, five. 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 One, no. two, three, four, five. No. Okay. Compound threes all the oh, it's, time. It's all, so it'd always be, like, threes? one, two, three. Uh, and you do that five times to make one bar. Gotcha. Okay. I see. So then I was thinking, what if I put a quintuplet, like, just in one of those mm. pulses? That would. So would that be would that be mathematically, and I uh, I don't want to say musically, but mathematically would that be the same as like fifteen over eight? Uh, five. Fifteen. Eight. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. I gotcha. A, a fifteen eight time you'd probably count. Well, you you definitely count probably in threes. It's not likely you would count in twos. Uh, and when you are doing those larger over eight, it's called compound time because you're taking divisions of three right. and making a pulse. Because uh, generally, like a drum, a rhythm section, the one would be or something like that, yeah. typically. And there is usually something that is doing the eighth notes but it's usually pretty low in the mix kind of thing. Like it might right. be ghost notes on a snare. Gotcha. Cool. I, I'd be really excited. I haven't written anything like that in over a decade. Tesseract has a, a new album and their opening track actually uses compound time. Oh, no kidding. Yeah. Very cool. And like, I didn't understand what somebody explained mm. what a compound meter was to me. And then it, 
even like used Tesseract as an example. And they were telling me like, listen to that snare and listen to those symbols. The symbols are hitting the beginning of each pulse. Right. It's tapping the actual beat of the, the of the meter. Right. So this meter is going like, and it's, it is like every third ghost hit of a snare, there's a, a symbol hit of some right. sort. It's what you're kind of grooving to, but there's a bass that's like kind of taking those eighth notes and starting on them. Mm -hmm. So it gets really weird because <laughs> the bass will hit before it begins kind of thing. Yeah. But it's still in time. So like, oh uh, yeah, you got like some dotted note feels as well as like. Yeah. You can play with it a whole bunch. Yeah. Yeah. Sweet. Yeah. It, it gives you like the ability to give you feel as well as a tripleted feel without like writing triplets and dots everywhere right so have you thought about just and i don't mean guitar in hand but have you thought about just writing and seeing where writing it goes and then figuring out how to play it later uh actually yeah i was gonna look into buying some software to do that okay so I don't have software to do that. I've always just written in my. Um. Uh, doesn't uh, Reaper have something like that built in, like some sort of basic? Uh, um, they do like the Cubase thing where you can transpose your MIDI to. Well, Cubase allows you to to actually write in musical notation too. Mm. Um, Maybe it's, it's Reaper not... has that too, yeah. but I, I'm. I'm not sure, and okay. chances are I would get frustrated, and I would just go to MIDI. That's fair. Because I, I can, I can write in MIDI a lot faster than I can in notation. Yeah. So, but I was thinking of getting um, Guitar Pro. Oh yeah, yeah. <clears throat> I got a copy. You want it? Sure. I don't. Oh, it's clearly Mac. Oh, it's not a Mac and Windows kind of... I don't believe so, no. Hmm. We can always check later. Yeah. If it's compatible with Windows, I'll, I'll take, take it. it. Sweet. Um, though that might constitute license theft. Um, I don't know how many licenses I have. So we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, we'll figure, figure it out. out. <laughs> um, but yeah, yeah, I've thought about doing it that way. And, and then play it afterwards instead of mm. fiddling around on my bass. I I wish I had a keyboard because I found that when I had a keyboard, bouncing between guitar, bass, and keyboard... Was a lot easier? <clears throat> well, it my my creativity a lot more because anytime I got stuck, right. I could just bounce, like I could just move to a different instrument. More often than not, like oh, yeah. if I was frustrated with guitar and bass. How many keys do you need on the keyboard? Uh, 73 weighted. Oh, yeah, okay. My my suggestion was not going to help you then. Because <laughs> um, you guys... <clears throat> you guys have an, uh, an iRig... Um, oh, I hate mini keyboards, though. Okay, that's fair. They're They're too small for me well i can yeah on a normal keyboard i can easily do an octave on a mini keyboard i can do three 
it's actually three, but um, I could probably uh, easily do two. <laughs> I have this one downstairs. It's not that many, but it is still just like a 25 key. Like it's mm. a, I, think, I think it's a two octave range, right? Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I don't think that would, because I, 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 minimum, I would need 61 keys, I think, to be comfortable on a keyboard. Sure. Okay. But I prefer 73 or 88. Yeah. 88 is overboard. But 73 is size. This got to be, this got to be some, I'm, I'm, I'm going. I, this and I'm mostly just used to 73 because of when I had an SV1. Okay. Before I had to get rid of it right. to buy my new computer. Right. I'll um, have an SV1 again. When I can find one that's cheap. Yeah. What was the SV1 again? It's a... Uh, it's a stage keyboard. It had like um, piano, um, organs. It was pretty basic in its tones, but it had like that tube saturation that was in it. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Which is kind of cool. Right, But right. the sounds all sound great. And it did have some like in there too. Do you need... Now, now here's, here's a big question. Do you need... Um, do you need the sound banks that are in it or do you need, or, or would you be okay with just a, uh, MIDI controller? MIDI controller. Yeah. Okay. With a MIDI controller, but it would again, weighted keys. Yeah. You'll never find a weighted keys in your budget range. Yeah. All right. End of, end of my search. <laughs> yeah. I just want weighted keys. occasionally do piano things and it's just, so much more expressive than semi-weighted semi-weighted like you can't you don't have that um yeah feedback that allows you to do gentle or medium hit stuff or even like right. weighted keys to get like 127 or whatever the maximum is is like you have to wail on that thing like almost punch it right yeah they a lot more subtle yeah yeah there's a lot more involved, whereas semi-weighted, I, I just like hit it somewhat hard, and I'm I'm peaking the the uh, the, the the little iRig mini keyboard that I have downstairs. MIDI. Yeah. Um, it doesn't even have like the, the the velocity. It doesn't have velocity attached to the keys itself. Yeah. It's got a little knob so you can set your velocity. Yeah. <laughs> and see, I, I do piano sounds every now and again and yeah like i need it to actually go with whatever my hands are doing because one note right. might be super gentle but the next note be a little harder and so i need it to fluctuate yep <laughs> I'll, I'll get another sv1 and then it'll be in there i'll also want to get a system eight it's uh that's a rolling keyboard. Right. Uh, it's Speaking of, um, have you heard of these guys? I've been, I've been looking at this, this organ, um, thing from Yamaha. Um, it's not weighted keys by any means. Uh, if it's an organ, it doesn't need to be weighted. And, and that was kind of what I was thinking. Um, weighted keys on an organ doesn't make any sense because the organ just makes noise regardless of how hard you hit it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, I was, I'm watching it on my eBay list. 
I've seen it. Um, not that I've gone looking in your store, but um, fuck, it might take me forever to find. Here it is. Uh, this guy. It's what is it? Yamaha Reface. Have you heard of this? I've had. We've had those in. Had, had those in. Um, they're uh, the thing. The thing I love about it is it's got all the. Um, yeah, it's all got all the controls action. and stuff. The thing I hate about it, MIDI outputs are mini MIDI outputs. Oh, are they really? Yes. Oh. Is it is it not just USB? Uh, there might be USB on it. Because this one, this one just has. Uh... Trying to think of like yeah, how can I just USB get and a bigger key look, bed on those things. Looking at that, it's uh, like it's, that's. It's tiny that MIDI. That's a that's a tiny MIDI, eh? Okay. Yeah. Fair enough. Um, I, I, whole thing is, I would want to send another key bed to it, and so, so like I would need second. a lot of weird conversion. Well, probably not a lot, but right. I would need to go from normal size MIDI to that tiny MIDI. Yeah, that's a that's a hassle. Mm. But otherwise, I, I think they're great. Like I would have like the entire series, and that's that's actually kind of what I'm looking at. Is is I really w I, I mean, my hands don't work the way they used to, right? And mm -hmm. and, I'm, and I'm looking at and I'm looking at myself um, keyboards, right? Uh, and and that's the kind of thing. It's it's the the greatest combination of of digital um, digital signal processing, yeah, uh, but also analog interface it's more like these are pretty much all yeah. one function type of units right what i would like if they would do is take the take the keyboard section out of it and mm. just give you the brain <laughs> the module i guess yeah, yeah. i i because like if i was to buy those because there's like i think four in the series yeah they're all different yeah. keyboards of some sort but if I was to buy them all, like even just buying one, I would want like a proper size keyboard attached to it. See, and, and all of them, none of them are, or none of the ones that I seem to be interested in are um, specifically piano. And so I have interest in- I mostly in want range. it because I don't, I've played them and it's like really tight. And oh yeah. My okay. fingers are just too big for So they are, they the are smaller- bed. There are smaller keys. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, like that—that criticism that is because yeah. they do the small key thing. I don't find the key bed on it all that useful. Mm -hmm. That and it's only a twenty-five key key bed anyway. No, no. That's a. This one here is a. This one here is. Into three octaves. So what is that? That's thirty. Oh. Thirty-six. Okay. Thirty-seven. That's still not that useful for me. Yeah. Very fair. Um. For everything that I would use it for, I can't. I can't imagine needing anything else. But I think they sound great. Oh, Seven key, yeah. I would want a bigger, a bigger interface uh, with it, bigger key bed yeah. to like play the notes, but then send the information to directly to them, and then get the line out. I have, um, I have that piano, the mm -hmm. eighty-eight. I think it's an eighty-eight key. The RD. What do you have? Like a three fifty or something. Something like that. Yeah. No, it's the 300. Okay. Yeah. Super old. Yeah. But, I mean, <laughs> I, when did I buy it? I bought it in 2004. 
and purchase. Okay. Yeah. Um, but uh, it's it's got the MIDI connectivity. I wonder. I wonder if I can. Uh, yeah. Well, the SV1 yeah. had mini uh, through or something. I don't know. Okay. Or no, it's probably in and through. Makes that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. I believe it was a mini in and through, and I was going to over time just build like i could send if i wanted to midi information from the sv1 or even to the sv1 right because i'm not a great player and so if i had like a midi (laughs) midi sequence i could send it to and get the great sounds that are in the sv1 and then record them that's what i do with the uh with the roland i don't have i don't i don't have super nice piano sounds directly on the computer Mm -hmm. i have some okay ones but not some not not as nice as the roland has and so I, I will, um, the MIDI data, fix it in the computer and then, and then send, it, send back. it back out yeah. and, and record the, uh, the, um, yeah. the outputs. That's what I want to do. So like any yeah. keyboard I buy, I want to make sure has some MIDI in and through way for me to connect and send MIDI information to it and right. then record the line out. Cause I find USB, it's a little difficult to do that. Yeah, that's fair. So I'm looking for the... MIDI connectivity, old school MIDI. <laughs> old school, right? Yeah. I had a um, had a client come to me. He seemed like a fairly well-to-do gentleman, um, and he refused to get a computer. Um, recording on an old on an old Roland multi-track digital machine, but it's basically a computer. I know, but it was, it was the whole, it was the whole interface of a computer. He didn't want to learn a DAW. That's right? fair. And, and his, his was zero instruments. It was a hundred percent. Um, it was a hundred percent MIDI connected units. Um, and he had, he showed me pictures and there was <clears throat> the, uh, th- those three panels behind the, behind this. Our it listeners was, can totally see that. I know. So I, I'm, I'm trying to think it was. It it looked it looked like a it looked like three racks three full racks of modules of modules and three or four different keyboard controllers all connecting into the modules and lines of cables coming out of them into um, into, into a patch the... base so he could he could patch and record. Okay. Yeah. And it was it was a hundred percent hundred percent analog and MIDI. That's not a way I would ever want to work. <laughs> I know, but he was, he, he was an older guy. Yeah. So, so no, he, he probably, I understand because yeah. like you've been doing that for however long you don't want to learn the new thing. Yeah. Cause it's going to take you a while. Yeah. And meanwhile you have this idea or these songs that you just want to get out in the world. Yeah. So I, it, no, I, it makes perfect sense what he, what he's doing. I just personally would hate to work like that spoiled by DAWs. <laughs> I, I know what you mean. <laughs> I mean, I've had the misfortune of working on, um, ADAT though once <laughs> oh, really? that was enough to be like, never. Again. <laughs> I did my, um, my first band recording on, uh, on ADAT. <clears throat> um, and I, Recently, my parents have been, my parents are getting older, right? Uh, so they've been going through stuff that's 
found the um, the registered mailed master tapes uh, of that first recording I did back in that first full band recording I did in at the end of ninety seven. Hmm. Yeah, nineteen ninety seven. So my old man calls me up. Hey, like, do you have any idea what this is? <laughs> it's addressed to you, <laughs> but we don't know. And I'm like, yeah, I know exactly what it is. It's been sitting there for safety reasons. <laughs> anyway, so I now I now have King. That band didn't go anywhere. I'm not worried about people stealing those songs anymore. Yeah. Um, so I'm I'm I have it. it. It's at home now. But I'm gonna um, I'm gonna get a hold of someone, probably Brizzo, and I transfer it and uh, and it's to digital. I I have no idea how they how they um store you know like because it's 21 years old now right yeah mike brazo uh, would probably have an idea yeah yeah for sure and, and he machines i i think i think he's got two machines that i sold him shouldn't need to bake those hey eh? well they're digital so i don't know how how it would be it was well. still like tape though yeah yeah very fair um anyway so we'll find out yeah find out we'll uh I, I remember those recordings being terrible. So it might be an interesting challenge for me to, uh, to restore them and, and remix them, which I'm never going to get around to because I don't have time. Yeah. Well, <laughs> but, weren't you remixing like I know. a prog band that you uh, were in like years ago? Yeah. Yeah. I never got around to, you never even sent me the tracks. I, I can send them to you if you want. Every time you say you could, I say yes, and okay. then you never okay. send them to okay. me. Okay, <laughs> I have them. Uh, they're they're all organized um, downstairs. I'll I'll zip them up and I'll send them to you this afternoon. And okay, you so I'll get an email this and, afternoon. Yes, remind me before we leave. I will forget by the end of this podcast. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> anyway, um, I was going to explain this mess on the table here. Yes, um, it, it looks. That's like, kind of right. Except, um, this is all me. Oh, I'm not. I'm not. Is this your old Nate work? No, it's not. Um, this is a voiceover project that I'm currently. Oh jeez. Um, yeah, I have to. <laughs> I know I have to read all of this, um, and uh, I had. I've, I've had. I was supposed to start. I was supposed to start on Friday, but. Um, nothing went to plan last week, part because of the heat. Yeah. Um, but in part because, uh, time management is not exactly my strong point anyway. So, um, yeah, so I, uh, I had to, I've, I've more or less taken over the table to, um, to do this voiceover project mm -hmm. and I am doing it all on, um, on the laptop here. Right. Uh, which has proven to be a problem because the laptop for, likes to crash. Some, for some reason, when I have Pro Tools open, yep. an interface plugged in, and I've tested it with both of, both of the interfaces I got back here, the, the Behringer and the um, Universal Audio, uh, and one particular hard drive, when all three of those are active attached to the computer. Um, Pro Tools uh, uh, drops out um, 
every 10 to 15 seconds hmm. for about a second. And I don't, I can't understand why. Um, I haven't specifically been able to find anything through Google yet either. Um, but it, it ended up about three or four hours Yeah, trying to figure that out. Have you tried it with a different hard drive? I haven't. Well, I always, I have a hard drive plugged in right now. Right. Um, and it's, and it's going fine. Um, but the, uh, specific hard drive and I haven't, I haven't tried it with an additional hard drive. Um, yeah. Right. So I'm, I'm, I'm next going to, um, I'm next going to try it with, I don't have time to try it this week. Right. But the next time I have time to try to troubleshoot it, um, I have, I have two more hard drives downstairs that I'll bring up. Um, now this one's bus powered, so I don't know if that's part of it or maybe, you know, um, it didn't happen before different USB hub. And so I'm going to try that. Okay. Um, but I don't know. We'll find out. Anyway, that, that put me behind. So I have, I don't know, it's something like 30,000 words to, um, um, how long do you think it'll take you? I expect it to be most of this week, uh, narrating it. Right. And most of next week editing it. I'm budgeting that, but I've never done a project this big. So, um, so we shall see. Uh, and, and the, I started off, I'm trying to do things in the order they've been given to me. And so I'm starting off with this one, this one written by a Canadian, what does it say? Da, 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 da. He's a Canadian newspaper and magazine columnist. And it is one of the worst written pieces of crap I've ever, ever been forced to read. Um, it has so many grammatical and syntax errors that it's confusing to read. And the author's thoughts, this is why I'm, I'm so frustrated with it, because it's written the way my brain works. <laughs> and it's like looking in a mirror <laughs> his thoughts are all over the place right he tangents and in the graph he'll revert to his original thought process it's just such an awfully written awfully written piece so it's 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 really i struggle a lot with it and they write for newspapers this person yeah this this by a news a, a columnist or a new what did they call himself? Journalist, columnist, or newspaper something. and magazine columnist, Canadian so, newspaper and magazine columnist. So they're a professional writer. Yeah. I mean, the thoughts that exist here are pretty cool. Like, yeah, and, and he's, he's, it's a great analogy to, to us with computers versus analog. Um, but, uh, he's talking about his really written in the, um, in the seventies. Mm. he's talking about his typewriter and how he's, how he's really resistant to, um, to moving to word processors. Okay. Right. Um, and it, a few racist things in it as well. Um, but yeah, it's, it's just a, it's such a, so it's a product of its era. It is definitely a product of its era. And on top of that, it's poorly written. So it's harder. And harder to stay 
harder to have a consistent narration um, tone. So it'll be a struggle. Um, yeah, like I said, I have the I have the next several weeks set aside for the whole project, and it's just a small part of. The yeah, it's a uh, good fun. <laughs> <laughs> But that's something that, that this particular room has allowed me. This projects like this projects like this. Cause I have, I have this and is this I, for like a documentary or something. I no, it's actually for, it's actually for a school board. Um, how does this oh, work? Oh, this is when you're. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, not, um, not for my class at all. Right. Yeah. Uh, but, um, no, you had a school that approached you to record some things. I remember. I yeah, don't remember uh, all the details, but I remember you were you got a really big project. Yeah, and I'm looking forward to it. I mean, I I've looked at some of the other texts that they um, that they want me to voice, and and some of them are better. Some of them some of them look more interesting. Okay. Um, and this one on a first read was was pretty. The more I dug into it, the the more you hated it. The more the more, the, like the more your the brain. details, yeah. But his his analogies of old school manual typewriters to word processors are um, are really fantastic. Me being an older dude to begin with, I I I, I connect with it. <laughs> yeah, this, despite the fact that I am angry by the time I get through reading it. <laughs> um, yeah, shit. That was a tangent. We didn't need to go down. Not that we ever need to go down them, but um, that's not. Oh. Do you remember where we were? Um, no. Oh, okay. I think I remember you talking about is wanting to talk about your pile of papers that you have here. Oh, well, it's okay. So that's the explanation of that. Yeah. Yeah. I, um, I had you wanted to talk about but you can't remember yeah i need to be better show notes <laughs> <laughs> right um oh hey we were talking about uh we were talking about midi stuff the other day i, I was interested in in either building or buying a new midi controller right right um have you uh have you come to any uh, relevant thoughts or have you found something? Uh, not really. I haven't had an opportunity to chat with anybody that I think might be able to help me with. This thing. Okay. Um, or at least with the, uh, the, the kind of businessy stuff that I was thinking of doing. Right. Um, I even looked into programming my own VSD. I looked at the language and didn't understand the language at all. So I just, <laughs> yeah, I do know that, or I know in high school, I did do a little bit of C++, but I, I never got to that level. Right. Like, I don't even think I got the basics of C++ down. And I know it's evolved since... Oh, yeah. I, I did it. So, yeah, I haven't, I haven't tried programming anything since the early two thousands. <laughs> yeah. 
so then is it is it going to be more of a um involving other people type of thing like something you can't possibly do on your own yeah okay like even with five uh well it might actually become a company i don't know but uh, even if I was to learn how to code, the best I could do is maybe make bare bone basic versions of the things that I want to make. Yeah. Or a programmer to take all the mistakes I made and clean them up. Right. Because inevitably I'd, I'd create a buggy mess probably. Right. So. Yeah, I, I'm definitely the possibility of creating a company that would create some, yeah. some software products. Might not be a bad idea to, um, Oh, excuse me. Might not be a bad idea to take on a, um, salvage job. I, I used to, um, back when you and I started talking about the Mackie controllers three, four or five years ago, mm-hmm. um, I did a lot of research into them. Uh, and there was this, there was this old Mackie digital um, mixer yeah. that that uh, a few guys were um, they were tearing apart and rebuilding into a twenty four twenty four channel control service. Okay, um, and I, I can't remember what what model it was, but it was at least for one of the guy one of the guys. Um, wrote a short blog series about it as he was coming up with different, different ideas or different problems. Right. And he seemed to be using it as an education process, right. Mm -hmm. As he's, as he's figuring out what makes these things work. Yeah. Um, and learning a lot of the problems running that he would run into. Yeah. Right. Figuring out that kind of stuff. Um, might that be something that you, Maybe into right because then uh, that I mean that would be that would like, be a fantastic education I, evolving and becoming this crazy modular system because <laughs> I, I you I, really you really are going to design a nuage oh uh, like probably <laughs> it's going to be the more I, I think about it the an all in one device because like even today I was like thinking oh I can make it into an interface have like thirty make it a modular up to 32 channel preamps built in and you, with a switch you can control it analog board to a DAW controller or right. something which like but that's even that, that tra- train of thought of like adding that I was just like that is probably a hundred thousand dollar board well minimum. that's that's uh, <laughs> what you're describing right there that is that can be done um, the, you remember when I, when I was looking at getting the Mackies, I was considering getting that Allen and Heath. Um, it was, uh, the G, the G 24 R or the GS 24 R. Okay. Something like that. Um, it was a 24 channel mixer yeah. with two channels of tube preamps addition to the 24. Um, but like the big boards, it had a switch to switch the faders to be DAW controllers or um, analog faders. Right. You'd switch back and forth. 
Yeah. Um, and it, it, it was, it was retailing, including the power supply. It was retailing like 13 to 15,000. Yeah. Um, no, the, my idea is definitely something that's like, keep thinking about it. It evolve. It's evolving into like a crazy, stupid, expensive thing. Yeah. But I mean, like you, exactly what you're, what you're thinking of short of the modular thing, like they did it for right yeah now of course they did all the manufacturing in china and and that was their huge way of saving money but yeah but but that might not be available uh canada hasn't had any issues with uh i mean no other than the normal like hey you're polluting too much dialogue right no i don't think canada is participating in the the trade war no or they're trying not with to. The, whatever is going on with the states, but that's just more or less the states being like, we're going to impose these tariffs on Canada. And then Canada being like, okay, we'll impose our own tariffs, I guess. Yeah. Excuse me. Which is leading me to be like, okay, I'm not buying anything made in America. I'll just buy Canadian and European made stuff. Right. Which is fine by me. found out that I'm not really buying all that much American stuff anyway. Oh yeah? Yeah. Like I, I definitely do have some American products, but Well the antelope stuff isn't that American or is no, that British? that's like Indonesian. Oh really? Yeah. Weird. I had no idea. Yeah. I, I, th- I think they're in India somewhere. Huh. Um I I know I'm probably wrong, but <laughs> Yeah. You and I both always are. <laughs> but uh, I'm pretty sure they, they are across the ocean. Hmm. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of their products, a lot of their physical products are manufactured. Great way to save cost, right? Yeah. But um, I, I th- they might have like a head office in Europe or somewhere. Heck, maybe even somewhere here in North America. Absolutely. Uh, but I, I that the manufacturing is done overseas. And I'm getting nowhere to to find out. Yeah. Um. Because your internet sucks. <laughs> oh, dude. The um network instead. Um, that one seems to do a lot better. Okay. Yeah. Um, yeah. Well, regardless, uh, yeah, I, I don't have too many things that are from the, States. the U.S. Yeah. It's really just like instruments where it gets like that kind of thing. Yeah. Which, uh, I'll find a, the thing that I'm worried about, um, that happened um, the last time dollar sank against the U.S. and things started costing more. Um, uh, prices went up to compensate, but they never came down 
Um, and that's what I'm worried about now is prices is will go pr up. Prices will go up. The trade war will end. Prices won't need to stay that high anymore, but they will. Yeah. Right. Cause that's, I mean, that's what businesses do. They're very slow bring down the price because uh, and, and once they, people are willing to pay a price for something there's no need to there's no need to, to lower it again that's yeah. right yeah and um, if it's if your cost is lower then why are you giving the cut when they're willing to pay yeah yeah no i <clears throat> totally understand and i also know <laughs> that business like i don't know in the recent years i've been studying a lot of business stuff crap markup on stuff is huge yeah it's a lot bigger than i thought it would was not in music though like audio equipment and stuff doesn't have the kind of markup that other products have well it's because the um is all the all the costs involved are significantly higher than mass-produced stuff right yeah. so much of the stuff that we work with isn't mass produced it's hand no. handmade or well they pride themselves on hand making things yeah. and talking with um <clears throat> i've been um i've been looking to uh swap out some of the some of the microphones that aren't being used mm -hmm. um i've been looking at swapping them out for something that might get used a little more did my research to find Canadian microphone manufacturers. And the only one that really seems to continually exist is advanced audio out of, um, they're out of the Vancouver area somewhere. Right. But all their prices, great reputation. And you, you never see their products come up on the used market. You just almost never see it. Right. They have a great reputation. Um, but their website only lists in American dollars. It's probably of their audience. And that's what I was thinking, right? So I, I reached out, I reached out, um, and, and asked them if they have a Canadian price list. Yeah. Right. Um, especially with the dollar fluctuating as much as it is, that becomes a, uh, a detractor. That's what, what's the right word? An obstacle, uh, sure. for purchasing. Right. Um, and they, they wrote back. I think it was Scotty. Yeah, it was Scotty guys wrote back and said, I'm really sorry. All our prices are in American dollars, unless you're in Europe and then our prices are in euros. Cause they have a European distributor. That's silly. Yeah. You're a Canadian company and you can't Canadian dollars for Canadian customers at the very least. Right. Yeah. Like I, I totally understand having American prices on the website and dealing with American clients yeah i totally get that but even studio economique has is on their website and u.s prices and european prices that's right so the very least they could do is is say this is our price uh in canadian dollars you know yeah. like we'll we'll stand by this even with a little bit of and as much as i as much as i and i i'm sure at some point i'll still buy these things buy buy a couple of mics from them because maybe when the u.s economy is shitty and our but that's, yeah but that's that's when uh, that's that's when i'll purchase yeah so that's that's kind of frustrating i mean especially especially when you consider it uh it makes some american-made 
um, so much more appealing, even factoring in customs. Yeah. Yeah. So awkward thing. Does their price include custom shipping too? Well, I, I, I imagine it wouldn't. Um, but, uh, yeah. Right. Or the, the tariffs. <laughs> yeah. On like steel and aluminum. Cause come on, let's face it. Microphones, they have no minimum. So mm-hmm. they're yeah. subject to that tariff. Yeah. And these ones, these guys, one of the ways they save costs is most of their, most of the basic metal work, um, microphone bodies are, are generic imported from China. Okay. Or imported from, um, wherever, wherever. Yeah. Um, and so I I totally understand the cost savings. Everything else they do is, is handmade boutique, right? Yeah. Even, even most of their capsules they hand make, excuse me. Um, and they're considering what they are. They have, um, they have a so clone. Oh, cool. That is getting some pretty good, uh, um, pretty good, um, reviews anyway. Yeah. Nobody owns a <laughs> C800 to compare it to though. Close it is. Not that I would really care. I was, I was reading online somewhere. Um, about someone that, yes, someone was bragging about, they weren't, they were just stating actually that their go-to microphone for rap vocals was a C800. Cool. You have like a $20,000 microphone. (laughs) It's not that expensive. Uh, It's stupid though. I know it's, it's close to 10. Yeah. And when they first came out, they were nowhere near that price. No. Well, like hearing of those guys who came up in like the seventies and eighties, they would be like, yeah, this, this compressor was like 400 bucks. <laughs> yeah. But that was, yeah. Right. I mean, you could buy, you used to be able to buy a candy bar in Seven Eleven for 25 cents. Sure. And I'm sure if you go back farther, it was a nickel. I mean, I'm, I'm sure I've heard my, my old man talk about, about an O Henry for a nickel. You, you can't you can't compare I know the eras inflation or whatever is like influencing that price but like by the same by the same it was more affordable token and now that they're more popular i have those those sennheiser four um 441s downstairs yeah right those kind of squarish looking ugly things um they sold at the end of the 70s for 12 12- I wouldn't pay that for them. I think they're like 500 bucks now. Uh, no, new. They're still about a thousand new. Oh. Um, on the used market, they sit around the four to $600. Yeah. Yeah. I'd like to have one. Yeah. I love them. We had one at Long McQuaid. I don't know if we still have it, but we did have one at my location. I'm... And I probably would have bought it. I think we were selling it for a pretty good deal, like 300. Oh, that's a great deal. Yeah. And, you know, I was tempted, but I have too much stuff that I'm already buying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. Yeah. It sounds great, though. Like, I, I would love to use it on all sorts of things, like mm-hmm. guitar cabinets or... 
miss on guitar cabinets. I was thinking mostly especially bass, especially high gain stuff. Bass, it would probably sound great. Yeah. Oh, so maybe acoustic guitar gear mix thing that I was doing um, last really really enjoyed. Yeah. Excuse me. This uh, the, the the band I started talking about at the beginning of the show. Uh, the like prog screamy hard. The, hard rock or whatever yeah, whatever it is uh, so there were two really interesting things that um that i really really appreciated about this <clears throat> my drum sound yeah came from kick drum mic actually it was a it was a pre uh inside and outside kick um yeah. channel uh but i threw away the the mic channels and i just used that that mix uh, on the kick drum because it yep. sounded it sounded thick and consistent and tasty. <clears throat> um, the overheads, which had plenty of snare drum in them, and it was a great sounding snare drum. And then a room mic that was about three feet away from the kit. Yep. And another mic that was about from the kick, or the the whole kit. Right. And that was that was all I used for the drum for the drum sound pretty minimal it was it, but it sounded great um well like there's eric valentine who uses one microphone yeah yeah Although um, he, he copies pastes and like manipulates the hell out of it so yeah. that he can get kick drum control and snare drum control which to me kind of defeats the purpose but yeah anyway he's this got kit, it all pre-routed out so that he just that's true does his thing yeah. But the other thing, the other thing that I did was, um, I got four, four lines for the bass guitar. Yeah. I got a, um, a DI, uh, uh, what, what I think was a, just by the label, it was just labeled head. Uh -huh. So I think it was like a direct out of the head. Um, and then, a, and then a mix of the three. Okay. And I, I didn't really enjoy the mix. It was mostly useless cause it was really buzzy. Yeah. Um, so I blended the, the DI and the cab together, um, which sounded really, really nice. Had just a nice little bit of depth, mm -hmm. <clears throat> but it was really peaky. Like it was clearly not a good tone with the bass, but he wasn't a good dynamics player. Okay. Um, and so it was really peaky. So no EQ, uh, I ran it through an 1176, um, one of the clones we got. Uh, to just take off the peaks so okay. it wasn't so peaky yeah uh, but not do a lot of compression like it would there were lots of passages where it wasn't doing anything and then i ran it through the drum or multi-band mm -hmm. and i got that thing uh compressing so range that it was distorting a little bit oh cool oh and it was it was just tasty yeah oh it was great um one of my favorite bass tones i've ever had yeah it was really good anyway um, so that was a lot of fun. I, it's actually used the, uh, the, the multiband on a, um, <clears throat> on a mono source before. So, uh, so that was fun. I more or less multiband my bass all the time. So, yeah. Yeah. But, and, and I was thinking Mine's of you when I did it. Complicated. Yeah. <laughs> all right. Thanks everybody. We'll see y'all next week. Yep. Follow our hosts on Twitter 
at Two Bodies of Water. You got that mic in a comfortable spot yet? I'm still working on it. At Joey R. Engineer. I can't even talk. I don't remember what my point was. This is a boring podcast. Um, I realize at the end of this, we didn't introduce ourselves. On to the internet you go. Go switch off.